It's time to set aside the superficial. It's time to go deeper. It's time to engage in truth. Here's John Bornstein. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Engage in Truth. This is John Bornstein. I'm a senior pastor of Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley Church right here in Colorado Springs, and I'm thrilled that you're tuning in again today. We are continuing in our study of the radical teachings of Jesus Christ. And, you know, we began this study on May 5th of this year, so we have been in it for a while. And as you're listening right now, perhaps you haven't been able to go through this journey with us together and you've been not perhaps been able to tune in on a weekly basis, well, we have these broadcasts and more for you at our website. Calvaryfountain.com is where you'll find it, and you can share those with your friends and family alike. Uh, we have covered a few of these many topics. We've been looking at at least here 24 of the radical teachings of Jesus, and already we've covered three. That's right. Since May, we've only covered three, uh, because we, after all, we are going through this verse by verse and exploring it to great depth. We started off with the first one of turning the other cheek from Matthew chapter 5, verses 38 to 42. That led us to discuss how to love our enemies. And that was a big one. It took us a number of weeks to get through that, which is Matthew 5, 43 to 47. And then we started to look at who really are we in allegiance to? It was. It began with one verse of Matthew six twenty four of God or money and, and needing to choose, but it really was a broader discussion of the narrow way versus the wide road that leads to destruction and, and how we are in allegiance to either Jesus Christ, either we're discipled by him or we're discipled by the world. There is no middle ground. As the Lord Jesus said, you are either with him or against him. And so today we now continue on in these wonderful studies, very convicting studies, as we're now going to shift gears and look at not worrying. That's right. Don't worry. Be anxious for nothing. And this is going to take us through Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 26 and 31 to 33. So to help me in this wonderful study, Dr. Steve Ford is back in the studio. Dr. Ford, always a pleasure to have you on Engage in Truth, my friend. Thank you, John. This has been a fantastic deep dive into the <laughs> radical teachings of Jesus. And even today, as we were discussing before the show, this is going to be a great episode as we discuss the important impact of God's sovereignty on how we live our lives and on our peace of mind, like you were talking about in regards to worry. That's right. And, you know, and over the last few weeks, we really shifted gears into, a, a as you mentioned, a deep dive into something far more eternally focused than just perhaps the surface level of God or money. But what we discovered through that is the amazing brilliance of Jesus Christ, that he uses something that was rather tangible that really reveals the root of the problem, that, that this is all about the sovereignty of God. Is he really in control of everything? In Colossians chapter 1, we read that Jesus Christ holds all things together. This is all about him, and therefore we belong to him, and will we truly submit this illusion of control to his sovereign authority? He's going to be sovereign whether we like it or not. That's you right. cannot thwart the will of God. But in this, we could see ourselves live a far healthier life when we let go of the illusion of control. Because then we find that we're doing, doctor, you could probably speak to this, that we will 
find that there are some positive physical impacts to releasing worry and stress, fears and doubts, and this idea that somehow we are the the one who is sailing this ship or flying this plane, or, or somehow we're going to our own destination in all of this, when we truly release the treasures of this earth as we pursue the treasures that are eternal, we will find the satisfaction that we read about in Ecclesiastes, that everything that was available to man was fleeting and fruitless and and led to corrosion and destruction and there was no value to it and never filled the void in our life. But yet if we fear God and keep his commandments, everything else falls into proper balance and order in our lives. We will learn how to love our spouse in a way like we've never loved them before, to parent in a way like we've never parented before, to serve our community, the the coworker that's the most difficult person you've ever worked next to, suddenly that becomes a mission field of opportunity that your paradigm is forever changed when you have a proper alignment, a proper plumb line in how we operate in and through this world. So, Dr. Ford, it seems fitting that we now talk about this very serious issue of worrying that we worry about everything. We're anxious about everything. Right. We don't think that we are, but we quite frankly, we are. And, and, and as soon as we go to pay bills or think about the next big expense and all these things that really preoccupy our time and attention and we give very little left to God at the end of it all, we find that we have probably just shortened our life by X number of years, added a few more gray hairs, not eating the way we should. It's affected our relationships. We're highly stressed. We're rude in conversation, short with people we shouldn't be short with, and certainly not looking for opportunities to give the gospel message because we're always go, go, go because of the demands that we have saturated our life with and find that we are actually a slave to an entire system that we thought we were master of, and we have self-created this. So what we look now to of these powerful words of do not worry, be anxious for nothing, is truly an evaluation of our faith walk with the Lord, getting right to the root of the matter. Is he truly sovereign over everything in my life? And I think, quite frankly, Dr. Ford, as we do a self-assessment here, we're going to fall short, every one of us. Even the patriarchs of the faith, they fell short in this area. And and that is the struggle the Apostle Paul shares with us in Romans, that we see time and time again, we are going to be in contention with the work of the Holy Spirit. But the more we know about truth, this truth will set us free. We will learn to let go of of wrong priorities, uh, misguided ideologies, uh, things that drive us a cause that's the wrong cause. And often it can be a chip on our shoulder, somebody that we're trying to prove wrong, uh, some past that now guides our future, all these things that are uh, broken, uh, perhaps not not only a, a broken pathway, but based on broken promises, instead of following exactly what the Lord has given to us. And it's a masterful design if we will allow him to lead as he should lead in our lives. Yeah, and as you mentioned before, if we don't follow this, then frequently we wind up neutralized because Mm -hmm. now we're overly concerned, overly worried, overly stressed out about these things over which we have no control. As you were talking, I was thinking about, you know, some people are worried when they when they don't have anything to worry about because they think they're missing something. You know, I mean, worry is can be such an integral part of our lives. True. Uh, but yeah, I think it's important to realize that once again, these things can neutralize our walk, neutralize our testimony if we're not taking up our cross daily. 
And I, I, you know, I'll confess right here on the air, I am a, a very sensitive person <laughs> to the, to the surprise, perhaps of some listening. I, 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 I get cut deeply. I, I wear my, my thoughts, my heart right on my sleeve. Right. I mean, this idea of, uh, just being very vulnerable, uh, not, I don't have a callous skin. I don't take things and just simply let them roll off my, my shoulders, my chest, whatever imagery you want to give there. They don't just roll off. I, I absorb these things very personally. And, and it's quite unfortunate in my line of work because you have to counsel a lot and go to the hospital a lot. And you see people go through suffering and I don't let those things go easily. They, they affect me deeply. They affect my prayer life. They affect my relationship with my wife and children. And I try not to. And the only place I can take these things is to the Lord in prayer. And my wife can tell. She can tell when I am thinking about something and, and her proper response, and she's so good about this, let's take whatever's on your heart right now to the Lord in prayer, because she can tell that I'm churning on something, even if it's not something in my own life that's affecting perhaps my ability to pay a bill or, or to navigate something with my own family. But because I have this sensitivity to the people of God I mean, and I don't think that's a bad thing because I think about the Lord Jesus himself as he looked out to the crowds and his heart was grieved that they had no shepherd. His heart was sensitive for the people of God. And I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. This is not a blessing. This is a burden uh, because I truly do feel the wounds and the hurts. And all I've learned to do in this is to be able to take these things to the Lord in prayer, bathe all of it in prayer. And this strengthens you for the day in ways that we cannot put words to. Yeah, I think I would imagine that your feelings are more common than not among pastors. And it's just an aside for myself and for our listeners today. Let's think about that as, as we think about how we deal with our pastors and pastors. It seems like they can never please everybody. There's always somebody who's, mm -hmm. uh, you know, disenchanted about something and they've got some kind of a beef or some kind of a gripe. Instead, Let's pray for our pastors. Let's lift them up. Let's lift up their families for God's blessing before we start going down roads about how we disagree with them or whatever the issue may be. But just realize they're people just like us. They are having struggles just like us. And yet they've chosen to follow God's leading in their lives, to follow this particular road. And they need us to lift them up in prayer. That's right. Amen. Thank you. And I certainly feel those prayers and the support from all of our listeners. Uh, but I think that's true probably for anybody who loves the Lord with yeah. all their heart, Amen. mind, soul, and strength, and loving their neighbor as themselves. You can't possibly love like that and not be impacted yeah, you're be by the struggles that that person may or may not be going through. Most people I've come to know have some struggles, yeah. and you shoulder those burdens with them. You carry that burden with them, and then ultimately you struggle, then what do I do with this burden? Because you can feel powerless sometimes, but we are far from powerless. Mountains can be moved in prayer. Yeah, I've been reading uh, Disciplines of a Godly Man by Kent Hughes, and he speaks to this as well for, for men in our ministry, and it's, it's applicable to everybody, that you can live a really small life. You can get a turtle shell, and I'm not going to be hurt, and just love mm -hmm. those who love you and have this tiny light, and you can walk through life like that okay. Or you can do exactly like you're expressing and basically live large, love large, and yes, you're going to be hurt, but you're also going to have some amazing wins, some amazing experiences, love and contentment and joy and friendship and relationship that you would not otherwise have if you're willing to look to the Lord and, and take the risk. 
That's right. And, and we have to acknowledge the obvious here, that when you love like that, it creates vulnerability. Right. And, and that, I think, is part of the root of all of this, that will we so love God like that, then in turn so love others like that, that it puts us in a position where we no longer have the illusion of control because we are so vulnerable that anything could happen to us. Because if we love God like that, we will leave behind any securities that we have amassed to ourselves, this illusion of a house being a place of security or possessions, materialism. And then you suddenly can go to scary places, foreign places, unfamiliar places. And that can be in relationships. It can be another part of the world. If you love God like that, you'll be willing to go. And it's certainly if you love your neighbors like that, i.e. family, difficult coworkers, whatever that might be, whomever that might be, you certainly will make yourself vulnerable to the wounds that come with being that uh, available and tender and listening. Uh, you'll get hurt inevitably yeah. uh, because people lash out to people who care. Yeah. That's just the reality. It's like you've said before, you know, when those things happen and they will happen, if we're willing to be vulnerable, God is going to take care of those things. Like we were talking about either in this life or the next, we will receive rewards as, as Paul says, filling up in his flesh, the afflictions of Christ. Well, sometimes that's mm -hmm. emotional. It's not just physical you know, ways that we're damaged and we're hurt like that. But you know what? God is going to bless us for that. And he's going to right every wrong and he's going to take care of it. So we don't have to. That's another thing that we don't have to worry about. We don't That's have right. to hold the grudge. We can love them and go, you know what? God's going to take care of that. And, you know, God love you. And it's just, yeah. <laughs> we're going to leave that in his hands and move forward. I, you know, before the program, we were talking about this, Dr. Ford, and uh, we may not get too much into Matthew 6 today, <laughs> but uh, this is often what happens is we begin a new study and we have to get into the right paradigm of that study. There's a wonderful section in Philippians chapter 1, starting in verse 27 through 30. And in that, let me just read that to you, our listener, right now. I need you to hear these words very carefully, because I think to understand about why we're not to worry, and in that, that means vulnerability. It can also mean that you feel like you're constantly receiving negative, you're constantly on the receiving end of bad things, while others who persecute you, say wrong things against you, seem to succeed and thrive. And we're, we're looking at this going, where's the justice? And the Lord says, vengeance is mine. It's not yours. In fact, when those scales are imbalanced in this world, when you put yourself out there to be used by the glorious Lord for his good purposes, building his kingdom, when there's an imbalanced scale, when there's more wrongs against you, and, and there's no way to make amends for that in this world, it is amazing how that is commendable before God. We want justice. We want balanced scales. But the reality is in this world where there is free will, where God has allowed men to do evil or to do good, but it doesn't thwart the sovereign will of God, and that's what we're going to get into throughout the study, is you will see how God is involved in everything. Every number of the hairs upon your head are given account for. A sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his knowing. Every detail is accounted for. But listen to what the Apostle Paul writes to, to this church in Philippi. He says, starting in verse 27, Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, listen, I may hear of your affairs, 
that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them a proof of perdition, but to you, your of salvation, that from God, for to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake, having the same conflict which you saw in me and now here is in me. And you see from these powerful words, there is a proof of perdition, but to you of salvation. There's a proof of wrongdoing. When you've been wronged and the individuals who have wronged you, if they are not going to come to salvation, which you don't know how or when that might happen, you might be planting a seed, you might be watering along the path here, but ultimately the the reapers are coming, which are the angels of the end of the age. God will reap a harvest. All will have to stand before him and give an account. Yes, even for every single word that they speak. And when someone speaks against you wrongly, when they've talked behind your back, when they've harmed you in any way, the scales are imbalanced. This is proof of perdition against them. But to you, it is commendable because you have suffered for a glorious purpose because you were obedient to put yourself out there to, yes, be abused at times, to be wronged in many ways. The work of ministry is never easy. And it is often thankless. And we think about Jeremiah the prophet in Jeremiah chapter 20, who's exhausted from doing the ministry work. He's frustrated even. He doesn't want to be beat up anymore. And that's the paraphrase here. But in Jeremiah 20, verse 9, even through 11, we just see an amazing sequence of turning in his mind uh, that it's now he, he gets it. It's like this fire comes alive within him again. The same Holy Spirit that fires him fires us up as well. And we get right back in there. We take the blow after blow for the glorious purposes of Jesus Christ. The scales may seem imbalanced, but to you, brothers and sisters, this is commendable before God. And that's why Peter addresses this. That's why Paul addresses this over and over again. In fact, I, I love 2 Corinthians, by the way, because he even tells us that he despaired of life itself that he was brought to such the end of himself so that he would not rely on his own strength. He would not rely on the flesh, the, the concepts or thoughts of men, nothing that could deliver him except for the hand of God, learning total dependency on God. And when those things happen in our life, we accept them as the proper prescription from God. He knows exactly what he's doing. And Dr. Ford, you and I talked about this before the show that God is seeing things on so many levels that we could never imagine. This is why it's all going to lead into our do not worry study here. Mm -hmm. But I've thought about it. We were doing some research on this that say you're startled by something. Maybe you're driving down the road right now. Somebody cuts you off in traffic and you have a shock factor go through your system. There are actually some benefits physically that can happen from something like that. And you're mad that this person's cut you off. You're mad that, hey, God, why didn't you stop that person from cutting me off? Not recognizing the unseen reality that there was a physical benefit within your blood system that may have actually saved your life at that very moment. Something that may save your life years from now, that you needed that jolt, that shock to your system. God is moving in a spiritual way, a physical way, an emotional way, 
all the layers. He sees it all, everything perfect by a God who organizes all things. And Isaiah 46.10 tells us he saw the end from the beginning. So, Dr. Ford, as we study do not worry, this really is an assessment of our understanding of the sovereignty of God in all things. In all things. Yeah, it's like uh, we're a single-celled organism and we're playing three-level chess with God. You know, <laughs> sort of the, yeah. the disparity there, you know. Right. But I think when you were speaking about everything that happened to Paul, as horrific as so many of those things were, the end result was freedom and joy in him, though. Amen. And I think it's also important for us to remember there's, you know, you have to take this with a grain of salt, but... But everything is spiritual. So sometimes when people are are coming after us, they're coming after Christ in us. It's not always us personally. They see Christ in us, and and there's something in them that that just really rubs them the wrong way. That's right. And I, honestly, I think that all of us should go and reread First Peter chapter four. This really should be your homework, uh, listener. If you have the opportunity, maybe you have your scripture right now in your hand. Go and reread this. It's a great paradigm self-assessment before uh, the Almighty God in how we view all trials, challenges, just life in general, That w- what we stress about, what we worry about, that the things that we're trying to hold on to as though they somehow define us, that our identity is caught up in these things. And when someone comes and steals it, uh, then, when, then we get stressed out about this. When, when, when the IRS comes knocking or whatever these things that we're trying so hard to hold on to, uh, this image of who we are, that what we think people are assessing us by, the status symbol or, or these material possessions, and really that's what we're going to look at through do not worry, and this instruction from the Lord is that we're going to find that he's going to get right to the root of the matter that this materialism is everywhere. It's not just the luxuries. It's even the necessities. Do not worry about what you eat or what you wear. I mean, the, those are what we call the necessities, not right. the luxuries. Now, it may be something you, you know, steak and ale or whatever right. that might be. We talked about that before the program. <laughs> you know, whatever these these luxuries that we might think of, well, you can eat a certain way that might be considered a luxury. That's not what the Lord's saying. Don't even worry about these things. That is a material way of thinking where the Lord shows for 40 days, I can go without and be of full strength. You know, granted the angels had to tend to him, but he was constantly demonstrating the way you think is broken. Five loaves and two fish can feed thousands. It won't in your own strength. It certainly won't in your flesh. But in a supernatural working of God through you, something can happen that breaks down what seems to be these limitations that we confine ourselves to. Now, I, I don't want to get too, uh, you know, uh, metaphysical here and trying to think people, oh, well, if I can just mentally will this to happen, or if I can think some way about this particular matter, then that, you know, can change the course of my life. Or, you know, I can live my best life now if yeah. I think that, you know, I can amass all these these riches to myself. That, that flies in the face of what we're talking about here, contrary to the truth. That's why James says, when you pray, you ask amiss that you spend it on yourselves and not for the glory of God. And that's why this is, this is really a self-assessment exercise. And I think in 1 Peter chapter 4, if you're listening right now, you've been convicted in any way, read the whole chapter, but especially focus in starting in verse 12 all the way through the end of the chapter, verse 19. And you'll talk about 
you'll get a greater sense of what it means to give all of this illusion of control back to God. And yes, it might mean you suffer for the great purposes of God to fulfill his holy will. And this is awesome. This is commendable before God. It, it, is, it is something of, of, of true substance in a world filled with illusions of substance. And so, Dr. Ford, this happens to us every week. We, right. you know, now we're just getting started in this idea, this teaching, powerful teaching of the Lord of how we are to not worry, which seems to fly in the face of everything that we do default in our nature, in our human flesh, sin nature. And that's what it should do. It should cause us to think and to 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 consider these things, to ponder these, to meditate on them day and night, as we're told to do scripturally. So I want to thank you for listening to Engage in Truth. Dr. Ford, always so good to have you on the program and your insights and wisdom. I hope that you, our listener, have been blessed by this ongoing program. We thank you for your support. To learn more about this ministry, you can visit us at calvaryfountain.com. This is a ministry of Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley Church. If you're looking for a place to go and worship with others, we would love to worship with you. Services are 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. on Sundays. Again, you can learn more at calvaryfountain.com. God bless you, my friends. Take care.